Hey there, my friend, it's Trisha Carr. Real quick before we head into this episode, I just want to make sure that you know about Modern Mystic Life, a subscription service for spiritual mentoring and education. The monthly subscription is only $11.11 per month. We have regular support and inspiration delivered with the utmost ease right into your text messenger two to four times per week. You can use your mobile device or your desktop messenger to access the lessons and meditations, a monthly MP3 download of a produced meditation, at least once per month live meditation led by me. There is no account login, and we have a monthly live class workshop. These are usually $35 for non-subscribers, so it is quite a deal. And the community is amazing. This is a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and also a way for us to be able to work more closely together. So do check out how you can subscribe in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe, and I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. We have a really beautiful episode for you today. This is all for the love of projectors, human design projectors. If you've been listening to this podcast lately, then we have been talking about human design quite a lot. I've been having some really... um, illustrious guests. Well, to me, they are. And so I want to invite you that if you have not quite gotten into your human design experiment yet, I want to make sure that you know that you can find your chart. Really, it's pretty easy. There are so many sites that will give you your human design chart. Now, if you just Google it, and so I'll just leave that up to you. And uh, you can find a way to the way that it actually calls out to you. Jovian Archive is the official site of of, uh, of traditional human design, the foundation, and uh, but then there are other teachers who have um, offerings that will get you your chart. You do need your birth time and the city of birth, and that is the way to get started. Get started with just understanding your aura type and looking at your strategy, and then after that, authority and your profile. And in addition to that, I want to invite you to, you know, take the pace with it that feels right for you, contemplating the information that's coming through. Now, for some that might be lickety split move right quickly. And for others, it might be, hmm, let me sit with that information and just be aware of it. Let it, let it, you know, kind of mull around in your awareness. That seems to be pretty common. And so I do have a human design expert on, and I wanted to share a story with you about projector, one projector in particular, because my my um, expert this conversation is with Sarah Limmerman of the projector movement, and I'll tell you all about Sarah and the projector movement in just a moment. But I wanted to share with you a story of even before, well before I knew about human design, that you know our design and the way that we are authentically ourselves when we are in alignment, when we are operating correctly for ourselves, we are magnetic and and life works. So the story is about how I met my husband, who is a projector. And he he was uh, living about, let's see, at the time that we actually met, we lived about 
I think, 30 miles apart from one another. And in L.A., that's a that's quite a distance. <laughs> and so we had before we had met, it turned out that we had both been driving on the same night of the week to one another's neighborhoods. And he actually literally was going to I was a, a manager of a bar and he was going to my bar to hang out with a friend who lived locally. And I that was the night that he was going to my bar was the only night that I was off. So for months, he was going to my bar and didn't meet me. And my colleague actually at the bar, she, the cocktail server, loved going to this dance, this nightclub that was right like two miles from his house. It was a really big venue. So on my night off, I was getting in the car with my friend who's a cocktail server who loved to dance at this nightclub. And my future husband was getting in his car and driving to meet his friend at the bar that I managed. Months, we're going back and forth on the one-on-one, passing each other, (laughs) not meeting each other. And the night that we met was actually not that night that I was usually off. It was the last night that I worked at that job, though. And the same friend was cocktail serving that night. And she's like, come on, let's close up early. The bar's empty. Who cares? Leave the keys. You know, let's close up early. No one's here. And let's go ahead and let's get an hour of dancing in at our favorite nightclub. And so we did. And we went. And like I said, it was two miles from where my husband lived. And he happened to be there. And he, you know, he's a composer. He's a musician. And and at that time, he was writing a lot of songs. So part of the reason he liked to go to the nightclub was to listen to the music this is a long time ago. This is 2004. If you have been dating any time in the recent past, then, you know, this is like analog apps. This is the applications. You just go to a nightclub. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it happened. And so long story short, we met that night. And it was the last night that I worked at that bar. So his going to visit me, potentially meet me when I, on the night I was off, was not going to happen. And honestly, this friend of mine, we stopped going out to dance at that nightclub. That was the last time we went there together. Not because our friendship fell apart, but just the habit of it from working and then going, you know, it just didn't work out. And so even though we had sort of been operating against, (laughs) it seems in a way, the magnetism of us meeting and going to places that where we may have been. The very last opportunity to do it, I, I, I went and we found each other. And that was, like I said, 2004. And here we are at 18 and a half years together. And, you know, it just works out. Going to the nightclubs and everything at the time was fun for me. I was doing something that I enjoyed. And so was he. And honestly, after we met, he said he never really went to nightclubs again. And it wasn't because we fell into an immediate commitment it just sort of fizzled out the interest in that. So, you know, we really are magnetic and we really are magnetizing our highest good to ourselves. If we are good to ourselves, we are kind. And human design, I think, really supports that because we are conditioned to feel that we need to be different than we are. And then it's a lifelong process as an adult, I think, to decondition. And as we're doing that process, when we have a technology such as human design is, in my in my experience, the the most useful uh, and supportive of technologies, spiritual technologies that can help us with deconditioning and operating with our authentic design that the universe co-created us in. 
And so that's my invitation to you is to <laughs> find your, your uh, allow your magnetism to be um, vibrant as you decondition and come into alignment with what is absolutely correct with you, your soul, your purpose, and your life. And so now to lead into this conversation with my guest, Sarah Lemmerman. Sarah is an integrative counselor and deconditioning specialist at the Projector Movement. She received her master's degree from the California Institute of Integral Studies in East-West Psychology and has spent many years studying and working with projectors. After graduation, Sarah began her integrative counseling practice, however, was still finding herself burnt out and exhausted. On the brink of another health crisis, the stars and the universe miraculously aligned to guide Sarah to the human design system. Finding out she was a 5-1 splenic projector was a life-changing moment and changed the course of her professional and personal life. After deeply diving into the deconditioning process herself, she has now spent the last five years of her private practice strictly working, teaching, and guiding projectors. In addition to working with projectors, Sarah leads training through the projector movement and is also a healer in ceremonial containers. Her deepest passion in life is helping facilitate others in reconnection to their truest nature, which she believes is the highest form of liberation. Aside from all things human design and ceremonial healing, Sarah loves spending time in nature, cooking without following a recipe, creating music playlists, restorative yoga, and spending time with loved ones and her dog, Shaggers. So we do talk about what the projector movement is in this conversation. Essentially, it is a movement to support, guide, and uh, decondition and train projectors. There are different offerings that they have of teaching and also to be able to get a really profound and beautiful tailored to projectors chart reading. So without further delay, I want to invite you into this conversation with the wonderful, intense, and beautiful energy with Sarah Lemmerman, and I will chat with you on the other side. Well, Sarah, welcome, 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 welcome. Always so excited to connect with a projector. I mean, they're my favorite because I picked one to live my life with <laughs> and I surround myself with them. <laughs> so I'm really excited about all of the work that you're doing and all of the work that the projector movement is doing. So thank you for coming on. And would you mind giving us uh, a glimpse into the wonderful world of being a projector and let us know about the journey you've been on and the work that you're doing, please. Yes. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here and to connect with someone who loves projectors. I will say that. <laughs> um, so your first question was just a being about a, what a projector is and how. Yeah. Okay. So projectors, um, I guess well, I'll intertwine my my story and why I'm here and, and how I got excited about this work. Um, projectors, we are a rare breed in human design. We're around 20% of the population and we are designed very differently than the rest of the 80%. And our design there's a lot of gifts. There's a lot of intuitive wisdom that comes through us. There's a lot of perception. And in, in exchange for that, we come with not as much energy to be in the nine to five work world or to be able to accomplish a lot. And human design, thank God, has a system now that can 
identify you as a projector where growing up, most people didn't have that knowledge or awareness or um, understanding that they actually are designed to operate very different than this current lifestyle has taught us to be. Mm -hmm. So my journey, and I find this to be quite common with projectors, I started my my career in pharmaceutical sales of all things. So for 10 years, I was in a, uh, what you would call a generating kind of a job. So most of the world, for those who are unaware of human design, about 65% of people fall into the category of a generator and generators are able to work, hence the word generator. So I followed a path into a very non-projector workforce. And after it took me 10 years to finally realize or get the courage to leave it. Um, I was, I finally, due to injury, which is common for projectors, we tend to get burnt out or get injured. And then it's like, okay, life is pushing us somewhere else. And I finally took that, that injury. I, I injured my back and I switched careers and decided to go back to school in San Francisco at the California Institute of Integral Studies and majored in East-West psychology. I, I serendipitously allowed life to guide me. And I went in the school thinking I was going to become a yoga therapist. And I exited the school with a, with, I, I switched my thesis actually, and started studying indigenous plant medicine and then was introduced to human design. And when I first found out I was a projector, when I, when I became in, when I was studying human design, I had the biggest aha moment. So many pieces of my life finally made sense because I've always known something about me was different. I was, I got sick a lot more than my family members and friends. <laughs> I wasn't able to sustain a normal nine to five job. Um, and after going to various doctors and all these different diagnoses, this one made the most sense. This this uh, description of what a projector is. And I believe the reason I struggled so much was because I wasn't, I wasn't given the right manual on how I needed to operate in this world. Yeah. And when you went for me as a projector, when I was reading about what it means to be a projector and, and how we can get sick, I was like, oh my gosh, I really am passionate about this. And I want to bring my wisdom that I've learned from my psychology background and help other projectors come into alignment. That's, that's pretty much what I would say that my work is now through the projector movement. I'm less the person that does the human design chart readings. I work with people who are either in that nine to five job trying to get out or are trying to create a life and a work, mostly a work life that is suitable to a design that doesn't have as much energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you let us know what the projector movement is? Yes. Um, yes. I, I mentioned it in the introduction, but I want to hear it, like everything that's going on with the projector movement. Totally. Thank you for asking. So the projector movement was created by a man named Charlie McGinnis, who happens to be my fiance now. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, he was um, in Bali about... I think it was maybe four years ago. And same thing, he stumbled upon human design in Bali. He had never heard of it, found out he was a projector and had a dream to create a movement um, to bring 
Yes. Not to get the chills. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know it's called projector movement, yes. but I felt it. It like shot up my spine when you yeah. said it. Yeah. So he had a dream to bring projectors together to unite us, so to speak, because in the human design um, school, the creator of human design said that in the year 2027, projectors are going to be the guides of our fu of the future. Yeah. And that my belief is that projectors who are finding out their projectors now and doing the work, meaning that the deconditioning work to unlearn the ways that they were raised and to relearn the ways that they should be in life to help whatever shifts happening on this planet and where we're moving to, to bring the projectors together to help create a better world. Yeah. And so that's what the projector movement is. We now have six projectors in the movement doing various roles. So it's grown quite a bit over the last few years. And it's, it's really cool to be a part of such an eclectic group of people. We are, I would say, a common trait of a projector is we, we have a bit of an outlier quality to us. We have a, a new way of seeing things, a different perspective. And to be around that and to, to meet so many people is, is really a beautiful gift that I feel that I get to do and be around for what I do for work now. Mm. That's amazing. My husband, as I mentioned, is a projector and he also loves the outliers. Like <laughs> we, we like go to someone, I, this has happened a few times. We're going to someone's party or like there's this friend of mine. We're not, they moved away. We're not really close. She's not listening. Anyway, the point is <laughs> we went to their Thanksgiving and she has a weird uncle. I mean, you know, many of us do, <laughs> but like a really offbeat guy. Even has an, his name was, he had an interesting name too. It's just, I'm not going to mention it, but because it, I don't want to make fun of anyone's name. Anyway, but my husband walks in and he just feels the energy of that man. And he went and sat down right next to him and he's just like, I want to hear everything you have to say. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yes. Totally. Very projector like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like just plugged right into him. <laughs> you can still yeah. picture it. <laughs> you know, that's so funny because I feel that that's a, Projectors, I, you know, I, I'm not the spokesperson for all projectors, but I would say if I were to stereotype them, we actually feel, find more comfort in the odd one than mm -hmm. like bring us to a party and put us in some sort of small talk conversations to be very challenging for us, <laughs> you know, find the weird uncle. And we're like, yeah, tell me all about you. Like, I want to know everything. <laughs> we'll go deep. We like to go deep with people. We want, we want to yeah. feel real. We want to feel authentic. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I I completely resonate with that too. And my husband picked a weird one because <laughs> <I'm a> weird <laughs> one, <laughs> so it worked out for us. Yeah. Um, that's I, I'm feeling. I'm feeling like maybe is Obama going to come back after 2027? Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh my gosh, he's a projector. <laughs> I know. know. That's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did you know his wife was Michelle is as well? Oh no, I never looked up her chart. I found that out too. Yeah, so that's a that's a projector projector couple. I love it. And yeah. it's so it is really interesting how that does happen a lot that the energy types tend to find I'm one scared. another. I mean not always, but you know, I have quite a few projector couples friends. So Okay. Yeah. There's a lot more than 20% of you in my life. <laughs> yeah. Much more. I'm much I'm very comfortable and someone I just talked to on the podcast who is a projector also and I told her how comfortable I was with projectors. She was like I've never heard that. I always just hear the projectors are so intense. And I'm like, oh, oh well, 
Totally. <laughs> I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah, totally. We can be. We can, people can feel because one of our gifts is our ability to see into mm-hmm. people deeply. Mm-hmm. And part of the strategy to be an aligned projector is to wait for someone to invite you in to share our feedback. And oftentimes <laughs> projectors don't know that. And we just give people advice or, or people can feel like we're staring too deeply in them that it can feel invasive. So it sounds like you're around a lot of projectors who are in great alignment and know how to yield that intensity in their perception. My husband, I mean, we've been together 18 years, so he hasn't been <laughs> perfectly invited. <laughs> yes, the whole time. Yes, totally. I can imagine. He's going to make some mistakes, but he does. But since we have come into the understanding, and he's super gratified um, and edified by human design and understanding his being a projector, um, I learned about human design in April of 2019. Okay. And, um, you know, at first it's a lot of people, well, actually, no, I just talked to a manifesting generator today who like is deep in the Karen Curry Parker program. And she just learned about it in spring. Like she, <laughs> and I was wow. like, oh, I put it away for months. And she goes, yes. well, I skipped that step. <laughs> She's a manifesting generator. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. So, but you know, and I'm a spiritual teacher and I'm intuitive and, you know, I've been doing this, this work for many, many years now, but, and, and he's totally, you know, he's interested and he has a meditation, spiritual practice and everything, but human design has been the thing he's like, just, it has to prove itself wrong to me. You know, it has to prove that it doesn't work in order for me to not be so um, just blessed by it, really. It's really been helping him so much. Yeah. Yeah. What human design to me, where I come from, so my pharmaceutical background, I come from the sciencey background. And for me to, when I, when it was introduced to me at my university, I kind of, I didn't poo-poo it, but I was like, oh, this is just some other astrology thing. And until I was able to understand it from that scientific lens, because there is, it's human design is not just an astrology system. It's based also with metaphysics, with these, it's a concept, neutrinos, that these particles that were, we can, it's like you said, it's, it's almost an exact science now, which when I understood that, and now I'm totally into the star, like I totally, I, I switched from being, you know, purely science to, to the blend of both worlds. Yeah. And with your husband being a projector, and I, I find that especially projectors, when they get this language from the system, they feel so affirmed. There's something, yeah. there's a validation that they've been looking for, we've been looking for, for our whole lives. Like I said, when I would, had health issues or autoimmune issues. And I would go to the doctor. No one was saying, Oh, you don't have an, your sacral's open. You know, that no one was able to say that. And so I was being given all of these reasons why I was tired or sick. And now with this language, it was liberating. It's like, Oh, well, I was sick because I wasn't designed to run the same race that this world has taught me to run. I'm actually designed to sit under the, under the tree and, and observe it. And so there, there was a liberation. There was also a sadness of like, oh my gosh, how sad it was that I've lived like this. Or, and for my parents, it's like, wow, we could have saved so much in trying to figure me out because my two sisters, one's a manifesting generator and a generator. You'd think, well, we're, we're the same. And it's like, no, no, very different. And the truth is, and I, I find this with projectors is we have a deep inner knowing that we are different. And of course, everyone's different, but there's a substantial 
difference in the existence of being a projector at this time on this planet, that when you get that affirmation or you're introduced to human design and that you're a projector, it's very easy to go night like nose deep in it because you're finally getting that affirmation like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm actually, there is something genetically different about me. Yeah, exactly. It is genetics. Yes. We, I mean, it is a genetic predisposition. What I really love, one thing about, so just for everyone who's listening, so human design, if you've listened to the podcast before, you, I've had several episodes on human design, but it always bears a review that it's a synthesis of four observation, human observational sciences, ancient ones. So astrology, chakra system, uh, Kabbalah tree of life and the I Ching. What I think yeah. is so beautiful about those is that it's human awareness for centuries and centuries across the whole globe. And I just, that to me, I don't, that just, I'm like feeling the whole, I'm reflecting the whole plan. I'm sampling all of it. Just yes. so um, beautiful. And yeah. then that other piece is quantum physics. Yes. Because, and this is why I mean, it was less than 100 years after the birth of quantum physics that we were ready for it to dawn into our awareness, for the synthesis to be given to us. But it was still, you know what I mean? Like we we evolved very slowly in a physical sense. So I think it makes a lot of sense that maybe quantum physics had become ubiquitous enough that we could maybe understand a neutrino field and understand that these snapshots are the the moments of our design and our, you know, and, and at birth as well, and the importance of those. And um, so I think that it's, I just, there's so much about it that's so rich and so beautiful. And it's, it, it, it really is like the mysteries that, that we have planted in the earth. You know, the mystery schools of old used to talk about how there were mysteries that were planted in the earth, these esoteric arts and wisdom that the earth was holding for us. And that we had to pursue it like an initiate needed to pursue it in order to be able to experience it. And they would also, they would open up by gatekeepers and guides of light at the right time. And so that's just what I see that happened in 1987. Is that what, is it 86 or 87? I always forget which year Ra Ruhu channeled it. I was <laughs> one of the seven. 87, right? I believe 87. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really what I find so amazing about that is that it's actually for you, you said a manual. It really is like a user manual for your operating system. And there's no, I don't think there's any coincidence that we made, not me, but collective, we made computers <laughs> the way that we did with um, hardware, software, applications, like the applications are like gates and, you know, different kinds of software, the channels and the centers. We made We made it in our likeness. And so this is like the user manual of it. And I find it to be so the precision of something like a birth time that puts it all in in alignment is something that makes me feel more comfortable than say one and, and I don't mean to down talk any other um, you know paradigm but like the enneagram that's totally subjective you take a test that's totally. subjective totally this is this is more empirical it's based on empirical evidence I think definitely definitely I that's what I also love about it too it's I. I believe where we're moving as a culture is to celebrate the uniqueness of us where growing up, I think there was so much, we all just wanted to be like, you know, you want to just fit in. And this to me really illustrates the scientific ancient wisdom. As you said, these are traditions that have been around for thousands and thousands of years based 
in, you know, if we're all, if everything's connected based in how we're connected to the stars and the sky and the planet, that can really allow you to celebrate this unique purpose that you came here, you and creator, you and God, which, whatever you believe that we have our own thumbprint. And it get and it's so specific, you know, as you said, there's 64 gates, there's different lines. I mean, it's such an algorithm of specificity. I said that, right? Pretty and, close. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on it. <laughs> got it, got it. But it really, you know, it's so fascinating because I when I've done charts for my nieces and nephews, for or I don't do them for my sisters. And you, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're that's just who they are. They're actually it's in their chart that they're this specific way. It's not because it's a part of it's a part of their personality, but there's so much validation in there that we are so much more than connected and on purpose. It's not just some coincidence why we're on this planet and why we're interested in something. And to have a system that, like you said, has been backed by lineages and cultures of thousands and thousands of years and then have it meet us here in modern day at this time on this planet where there's this great change happening. I think it's, it's all on purpose. And, and that piece of science coming into it is what I think makes this system stand apart than purely astrology on its own one, Mm -hmm. one lineage. So yeah, it's, it's super powerful. And yet it's not a belief system. No, I mean, not even and yet. Honestly, the I Ching isn't really a belief system. Oh, right. Yeah, you know. And the chakra system isn't really a belief system. It's mirrored in our in, in psychology. Abraham Maslow created the hierarchy of needs and self-actualization. It's, it's the chakra system. <laughs> That's exactly. 100%. 100%. So what I think is so great is, I mean, even the original channel voice uh, founder, Ra Uruhu, he he insisted that it wasn't his system and that it was for us to continue to elaborate upon and experiment with. I love that it's an experiment. And that is people that get excited about it when we get into it. We want to learn all the things. We want to understand all of it, which is a delicious journey. But the best thing we can do is to experiment. And part of the experimentation is your own, like, that's very much obviously the base of it, but also talking to the people in your lives. And I got to tell you, looking at celebrities charts really helps. <laughs> yeah. Totally. They're, they're just out there showing us their, their personalities. So yep. yeah. And yep. their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. So yeah. my husband is at a place as a projector because the projector, um, stra- excuse me. Yeah. Strategy is to, be recognized and then invited. Mm-hmm. And that can be, a, that can be bad news, right? <laughs> we can t- our ego can take that in as bad news uh, because how you force yourself to be recognized. And then we're not in an economy that can really wait, you know, nobody's helping us. We're all, we're really, um, we feel very isolated and, and we have to, we have to do what we can. Um, I think one thing that I'm trying to help him with too, is that you can also ask for the invitation some of the time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that um, journey and the deconditioning? So to where do you feel good about <laughs> that, about your strategy? Yeah. Totally. So yes, you are right. Projectors, we, part of our design is we're here to be seen. The challenge with projectors is we, we can't, we, we go about it in a way that actually can push people away. I, I talked a little bit about that um, a bit ago when we, per, the gift of, if you know a projector, you are a projector, is we do 
We have an open sacral center, which literally just means we're able to take in the energy of another person and then guide them because we actually are feeling their energy field. And we wait for the invitation because what we say can is nine out of 10 times extremely correct, but also can be very direct. And if the person that we're guiding has not asked us for their opinion, we can, it, our advice or what we see can come across offensive. It can be really off-putting. And I believe life designed us that way because we aren't here to do that for everybody. We're not supposed to go up to everybody and tell everybody what's wrong with them. That's their karma. That's their life. However, if they're inviting you in, it means that what whatever their energy is reverberating out, it's aligned with ours. And so they can actually hear you. They're ready to hear your advice because they're feeling that that exchange is comfortable. Mm -hmm. So what I tell projectors, because yes, when you hear you're a projector and you find out you don't have the same amount of energy. So you're like, oh man, like I can't run that race. You know, I can try really, really hard, but I'm never going to win. I just don't. And then I have to wait to be invited in. And I want to be seen like, how does this all work? And what I tell people, first and foremost, the project, the more inner work the projector does yeah. to align themselves to the nature, the more life rewards you by a lot of people inviting you in. So I can say personally, when I found out about being a human design and the other line of work that I'm interested in, which is indigenous ceremonies and practice, and I would tell everyone at home, like, this is what I'm doing. And everyone looked at me like the crazy person, right? Because I was, I still really hadn't done my own work. I had just learned about it. And I intuitively thought, you know what, if I'm so, if I'm such a firm believer in these paths and this work, I'm going to let my work speak for me. And so I stopped talking and lo and behold, after a year or two, as I started to become more in alignment, as my truth began to be me, not just what I wanted to be. I actually was embodying it. Life was then giving me, inviting me in that way. And so what I say to projectors, the quickest way to be seen is first to see yourself. Oh, yes. yes. To see yourself first and to not need it. When we need it, then we go about it in wonky ways. <laughs> then we say the thing at the dinner table that everyone's like, oh, we see you, but I don't know if you want it to be seen like that, right? <laughs> so people will see aspects of us that aren't really how we're wanting to be seen. So truthfully, I say to people, the, the more that you're able to be an embodied walk of your truth, people will come to you because that's actually our design is to be seen. It's having that patience and, and really first switching the direction of needing to be seen externally to, to internally and to, to, they say, you know, to decondition, you know, it's a six year process. For me, I think it's a lifetime process. It took us 30, 40 years to come to, to learn ways that aren't like us. It's going to take us some time to unwind it. Um, and what you were saying to your, about your husband, that's beautiful advice. If you have something that you want to share, you can ask the other person, Hey, I'm receiving some insight. Are you curious? Do you, you know, is, is, can I share with you? And to be unattached, if they say no, trust that, yeah. trust that they're not going to hear even what you're wanting to say. So it's, 
don't waste that energy, that, that limited energy that you have on, on someone who's not ready to hear it. And then don't take it personally either. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, don't let it, don't be yeah, like I, I don't think my truth is, and your husband might not like me saying this. I don't think we were really here to be the, the guides for our family members and our partners. Not that we can't give advice because that's what we do, but mm-hmm. my truth is it's really important that a projector has a stage outside of their family and their friends to be seen and recognized and heard. It, it's just an easier exchange. Absolutely. I mean, we, that's, I mean, that's what Jesus said, uh, a prophet isn't accepted in his own country. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of, right. kind of totally. Totally. <laughs> totally. and and we're both, you and I are both five ones and the five energy also has a bigger impact on strangers. Yes. I mean, it's, that's an interesting thing to say though, because of course we have impact on our very small family group as well, or we have, it's a similar thing though. It, I mean, the five energy is what you're talking about with the projector, because of course we heal one another and we challenge one another inside our partnerships and our families, but it's different. It's not as karma. It's a different kind of karma. How about that? It's a way different kind of karma, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. I one time invited my husband in, in the wrong way. I was, I was not, I was not authentic with what I was asking him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he he took it on service anyway. It's, it's it's a funny story because I'm like I put on something and I was like you know I came out and I was like, Ugh, do I look like the fattest girl in the world today? And he goes, the fattest girl in the world today? And I was like, that's the wrong answer, man. The answer was no. <laughs> no looking, just no. <laughs> no, but it's um, but it's funny. I mean, that's a joke, and it was funny to me. He didn't really do anything wrong, and I didn't really get my feelings hurt because I was only kidding too. But it's a really kind of interesting model, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're talking about insight, and I feel like you can do it professionally too. You could say, "Hey, can I bid for that job? Mm-hmm. Can I pitch for that job? Would that be maybe okay too?" Yeah, you always the question is the best uh, buffer is to ask, is this a position you th- that I could apply for as well yeah. and see that response? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a safer, I tell, I, I say to projectors, you know, it's actually the universe protecting you. Mm-hmm. It's actually the universe saying like, this isn't an aligned invitation. And, and so if you're getting that pushback, say, thank you, because you could have spent a lot of energy pursuing something that was not going to be for you anyway. So it's almost this built-in buffer um, that at first can feel really disempowering, but later on it actually feel it's super empowering because you have a sure way of knowing what who's for you and who's not for you. And they say they, the projector school is says that it's important to know that we're not here for everybody. And we actually don't get to choose who our audience or our clients are. Mm-hmm. they will come to us. So to, to let go of like, oh, well, I'm here to only work with this specific person is not really our strategy. We're here to match whatever frequency we're omitting to the people that are able to receive that frequency. Mm-hmm. So again, it's the more we do that inner work to align to the essence of what a projector's frequency is, the more doors actually open because life's like, yeah, we want to get that frequency out. My truth is the projector frequency is, it's a more feminine frequency. It's a slower rhythm. It's much more aligned with nature's pace and uh, it's receptive. It's 
it is what I believe the planet's needing at this time, that what we're moving towards. We've been lopsided in much more masculine energy of doing and accomplishing and, and power over. And so I believe why projectors were, were built without this energy center is to begin to not just help projectors, but actually guide the rest of the world into a more balanced existence between the yin, yin and the yang energy. Um, to find the beauty in just being in life without needing to be so forward going or dominating or just achieving, conquering. Actually, how can we be and feel fulfilled in just existing like nature? Mm-hmm. So I feel that that is ultimately why life really wants projectors at this time to really embody that because that's what I believe our medicine will be in the future as we move towards a new way of, of existing. And we're talking about this new way of existing and you mentioned it uh, briefly about 2027. We have a a cosmological uh, shift occurring in 2027. Uh, it, the best way I describe it is, is like our background frequency is changing and we're yeah. shifting from a, a one certain global collective consciousness or unconsciousness. I don't both yeah. <laughs> collective <laughs> urge uh, from being tribal to being individualized. But the interesting thing about the individuation of that energy is that it's going to actually make us more unified because we're right. going to be fulfilling the self. Yes. And it won't be martyrdom or, you know, power or struggle and seeing that there are different, you know, different tribes. Like, and it's, it's coming to, it's like the pre-shadow of it when something, when there's a change, the old starts to fight back because the politics is like so polarized. There's so mm-hmm. much polarization and there's also a different kind of foreshadow of the shift. So I would love to. I'm. Sh- I would love to unpack that with you. And I just realized our next in the U- in the states, our next presidential election, we're going to elect someone in 24, mm-hmm. and so it's going to go over the threshold of 27. I mean, it doesn't mean it's not going to necessarily be like pow Armageddon, right? Right. <laughs> but it, there will be. I think there'll be a noticeable shift for those who of us who are aware. You know. Yeah. No, I think that's a a beautiful point because I feel that all of these pivotal time periods from 2012, all these points, people mm-hmm. are expecting, you know, the Titanic to sh- sink right away. And it's like, no, like our, it takes, the, the energies are now shifting and we see the reverberation, you know, over time that we, we have moved from, you know, the end of the Mayan calendar in 2012, the same thing for 2027, that there's going to be a new energy entering the planet that will begin to take us on a different course. We're going to begin to evolve in a different way. Uh, I know that in 2027, we enter the cross of the sleeping Phoenix, which is, this is that new energy that you are speaking of, the more individual energy, that, but it, it's not going to make us these autonomous humans. Like it's, I, I foresee it as a time where the individual is actually fulfilled as the individual, instead of doing everything to be a part of something that we actually have freedom to express ourselves and we celebrate the difference in us versus everyone needs to look the same, have the same job, live the same life. There'll be more of an individual expression, which will actually, that will appreciate, I'll say that there'll be appreciation to uniqueness where I don't think that we've come from that so much. We've been more in a homogenous type of, we all should think the same, look the same, dress the same. And we will be right back. 
Hi, it's Trisha with an exciting announcement. The Intuitive Healing Arts Academy has an amazing roster of courses for 2023, starting with immersive weekend courses in intuitive psychic development. Level 1 is Sunday, January 22nd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific time, and then levels 2 and 3 are held together in a weekend immersion on February 25th and 26th. Intuitive Psychic Development Level 1 is an immersive workshop filled with interactive learning, meditation, practice, fellowship, and attunement to open or enhance your intuitive skills. All levels of development are welcome whether you are a beginner or you are an advanced professional, and if you are interested in using this for personal or for professional applications. After these intuitive psychic development courses, we will be heading into animal communication and nature healing and multidimensional mediumship and many more exciting weekend and full-day workshops all of these are for all levels of development for both personal and professional applications. As I said, there are early registrations for all of the courses, so you want to check them out as soon as they are announced. And so do find the link in the description to register for the first full-day course, Intuitive Psychic Development Level 1, on Sunday, January 22nd, 2023. It's going to be fun. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be heart-expanding. And I'm so excited to expand with you. And now back to the show. If you think about it, it's like even though we are in a tribal energy now, what we're moving to is what the tribe, um, you know, the the inside of the tribe looks like. A tribe, like indigenous tribes, mm-hmm. it was like we see that this person is is has this kind of value. And this person will be the shaman. This person will be the... Um, that so far as switching from tribal is tribe against tribe and other, there's others. And then also the, the concept of, well, sacrifice any and everything for the tribe. But it's, do you know what I mean? Like actually the village will be complete because we will be that recognition of the individual more. Yes. I love that you said that. Um, yeah, the, the studies that I've done over the last eight or nine years studying different indigenous communities, there was this beautiful awareness that there was not one person's role that was better or worse than. So the person that did the hunting was just as valuable as the person that was the shaman or the person that was the tobacco carrier was just as important as the person that sewed the clothes. There wasn't this, even the chief, there was, there was a structure of someone in leadership, but they weren't looked at as better or more powerful, but everyone's role was important and it, and it created the tribe to exist and function where if everyone was only able to sew clothes, well, that would be really challenging because you needed food. You needed someone that would able to be able to hunt or you needed someone, a medicine man or a medicine woman. And I pray and I believe we are going to begin to move to a, an awareness that I think we've come from a, a culture that everyone's trying to become the richest or the best or the this or the that. And and to realize, and you know, through the lens of human design, when you see that everyone comes here with something so unique to themselves that there is no such thing as better than. It's just everyone's coming on their own karmic journey to, to learn certain lessons and to, to, to be of use in this human body for a particular time in a really specific way. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank. Oh gosh, I just love that piece of our conversation. <laughs> it's almost like the whole world is becoming one tribe. <laughs> yeah, I, I pray for that. I, I, yeah. Time, 
I mean, how just think how amazing it would be if every one of the generators on the earth were doing what they love. I know. It would be so beautiful. Like the rest of us could just like fuck off, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It would be humming so beautifully. (laughs) I'm kidding, of course, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So the projectors moving into that place of guidance and see guidance powers out the window that like you said the the chief of the tribe the chief is is the humblest it's the the chief is the one who has the most responsibility mm-hmm. so that's actually it's like the parent in a family the parent in the family doesn't think well i'm more important than my child right. they right <laughs> they put their child above them so uh that's kind of the it that's what it's like i guess the projector is really that divine parent mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely divine parent energy here to guide here to guide. And, and I we, that, oh sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I, I work a lot with projectors that we're here to guide. We're not here to fix. Mm-hmm. And I feel that a lot of projectors, because we're good at helping people, we find ourselves in these roles where we think we're here to like fix people and save people. Hello, fifth line. You know, I was gonna say, guide. unless you're a fifth line, you're yeah. literally supposed to fix things. Right. And <laughs> the truth of a projector is when invited in, we're here to guide, but to to operate from a knowing that no one really needs fixing that I don't, I'm not here to save you. I'm here to help maybe shine a little light on the path that you can walk fully and capably on your own. And maybe you just need to know, am I needing to go left or right? But from a, from not a, to not have this perception that I'm like the, the saviors of the world. I'm, I'm the, the, the therapist of the world. We're, we're not, we're guides. And I, it's an important distinction. Mm-hmm. Of where we've been. Right. And because sometimes guidance is in non-action and non-speaking, mm-hmm. conscious silence mm-hmm. and yeah, not accepting an invitation, <laughs> maybe if it's Definitely. not correct. Definitely. You know that what it, I know that like the the generator aura is called very magnetic. Mm-hmm. But in fact, we're all magnetic as long as we're in alignment. And that's how we can trust whatever the strategy is. That's how a a projector is very magnetic. Mm -hmm. I think it was Ra I heard once say that the projector is like a cat, you know? (laughs) I mean, unless like I have a million cats and I love cats, (laughs) but the cat walks in the room and and it's like, oh, I want to know him or her. Yeah. Yeah. We have- they just, it draws you to them. Mm -hmm. Our aura is, is, it's magnetic and it's penetrative. So it's like this- energy mm-hmm. where generators is magnetic, but it's open. They're, mm-hmm. they're more open where we come in with this and call it an intensity. You can feel, you can, f- the room will change when a projector walks in, especially yeah. if they're in an intense mood, you'll be able to feel it. So there's this real intense focus, penetrative type of aura around projectors, mm-hmm. um, which goes for us or against us, depending if we know how to yield the energy. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend, Hillary Jackendoff, who's a reader, and she's a splenic projector as well. Mm. And we were just talking about, well, we were talking about the, the, the sort of distinctions, the differences with projector and reflector. And because she was, she was wondering if projectors amplify. And I was like, I think it's not really amplification because you take in the other and you, I think you intensify it. <laughs> it's actually kind of a different process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You kind of shake it down and you, then if invited, then you can give it back yes. like an artist in a new way. Like you can give it back in a, a more profound way than just the original energy. Whereas 
amplification, I think any all of the centers that are open do the amplification, and then the aura will do something else with that amplification if you have those open centers. And then since the reflector is all open, we sample and we give back, but it's really quickly. And it's kind of like just expanding a space in a, in a, a way that's sort of subtle, I think. Yes. Yeah. Projectors aren't subtle. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be a word that we probably could work on, but you know, we do like if there's, if we will take in the energy of the other and like one up you in a sense so that mm -hmm. we can, can will exaggerate that. And you, that is exactly why if someone isn't wanting that and we're doing that, it can be really invasive mm -hmm. or they, they will look to the projector as, and, and they will feel a repelling kind of like, Oh, that person's just too much. Um, because in a sense, and I say this with parentheses, we're actually amplifying a part of them that they don't, they're not ready to look at. Mm -hmm. So there's an energy in them that we're now turning up a little louder and they're like, they don't know that about themselves. So they're not wanting to, it becomes really off-putting. And you're just curious about it because it's a human thing. You know what I mean? Like, because oh. I have that, there's a, I can relate to that. I'm just curious about yeah. all of the weirdness that all of us are, not totally. that you, but they're, you know, when someone is feeling vulnerable and, you know, in a trauma response and they aren't doing self-inquiry, they don't know that self-inquiry is safe. Yes. That's when I think it can be tough. Because, you know, you, I'm sure you work with, I mean, I've come across people who either respond to my work or they're my friends or something like that. And they say like, I don't meditate because I, I feel really uncomfortable and angry and mm -hmm. sad. And it's like, no, no, that already lives in you. That's like <laughs> the, the process isn't making you that. That's, that's just there. That's, that's leaving you. So they don't realize that this process is actually safe and is making you safer. Mm -hmm. And that's what it would be. That's, you know, interacting with a projector, intensifying a part of you shaking it down and impacting and making it really like dense, not in not, a not, not bad way dense, but you know what I mean? Like making it more intense. Yes. It's a good thing. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. So um, my mother, well, I found out, you know, much later in it that my mother's a manifesting generator. She's a sacral, you know, authority. But yeah, that it, just like you were saying, it's it was really weird for me growing up. My mother, I'm the kid, my, but my mother has like can run laps around me. <laughs> it's like cleaning the house at four in the morning, yes. in the morning, and I'm like needing to sleep until ten because it's finally Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then, and then my family, I don't know all of my sisters' types, but I know one of them is definitely a manifester. Okay, um, I can tell. And uh, the other two, I think, are generators. But anyway, it, it, we're, are you the only projector in your family? Or do you know? Because we don't always yes, know our parents. I am. I am. My my mom and my older sister are manifesting generators. And my father and my younger sister are generators. And, oh, <laughs> they, well, the manifesting generators, man, like that's just another layer with the projector. I, I love doing the dynamics between the relationships. That one I find to needs the most um, instruction because there's such different energy types. But yeah, being a projector in an all generating family was, was quite intense. <laughs> quite yeah. intense, yeah. And where are you? Are you the middle child? I'm, I'm the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw that off. Give me the middle. Give me a sister and sister on the other side and then make me a projector and go have fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thanks for my design. Yeah. Oh. I, I joke with my friends sometimes, like, 
in some spiritual traditions, they said, I agreed to this life and I just want to have a conversation <laughs> with, the with that bitch. <laughs> who said, yes, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. What is your conscious son? My conscious son is what gate? Yeah. It's, oh God, it's 54. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't have them all memorized, but yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. It's 48. It's essentially that from my memory right now, it's, it's basically, they say the most challenged gate because you, <laughs> it's ruled by the spleen. So, and it's, you get your greatest lessons by basically facing your fear and it's a fifth line. So I have to basically, it's like ego death in public. It's like, you have to do <laughs> everything on stage and it's basically like you face your fear, you die, and then you're reborn again and you get to do it in front of everybody. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> So yeah, it's like when I, when I chose to leave pharmaceutical sales and pursue a path of plant medicine work ceremony, totally against my family system. And they, mm -hmm. I was the family freak, the weirdo. And then thank God we're now at a stage where people are actually asking me a lot more about it and it's becoming much more well-known or even, you know, when I, Charlie and I started dating and, you know, they think he's an astrologer and I'm like, oh geez, you know, my family's just like, where did you, where did you go? And, but you know, now everyone's like, no, they're, they're like, they're totally getting it now. And they're, they're able to receive it differently than they were about seven years ago. But I got to do that in front of everybody. And that's what I'm here to do <laughs> is to transform and that fifth line is here to bring new ways of existence here on this planet. And so I'm, I'm walking the path. I just wonder why I chose it sometimes because it <laughs> hasn't always come with total acceptance and understanding. Um, Amen. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hear you. Uh, what is Charlie's profile? He's a three, five splenic project. Oh, okay. so, My husband's three, five also. Oh God. Okay. So they <laughs> learn through, through their own smashing of the car and the brick wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel like when I explain the three line to people, sometimes it seems like a big bummer because you use the words trial and error. Yes. And I'm always, I'm always quick to get in there <laughs> and be like, but listen, trial and error is the most primitive form of human learning. It's our most common learning type. That means you have a talent in the thing that humans need the most. Totally. <laughs> I'm like trying to cheerlead it. <laughs> totally. totally. And then sometimes I'll say to him, I said, just know that I'm a five. So before you need to slam the car in the brick wall, you can ask me, will it crash? And I could maybe say, you don't need to do it, but it doesn't work. He needs to crash it himself. You know, I'm like, okay, there you go. There, there's a Netflix special um, by the comedian Hassan Minhaj. Okay. It's on, it's so good. And I was listening to it and I was like, he's definitely a five line. I think he's a three, five. And I went and looked it up. I actually found his birth details. Okay. He's a three, five. <laughs> so you got to watch it. You and Charlie got to watch it because I feel like he is, he's such an inspiration mm. for, for three, five, but he's an inspiration as a five line too. Cause he's just putting it out there. He's disrupting with his comedy and you know what he's getting, it's challenging. Like his family was literally received a death threat <laughs> because wow. of, he's shaking things up, you know, with that five energy, but it's a beautiful show too. It's anyone go watch that Hassan Minhaj on, on Netflix. Mm. Um, really awesome. So finally let's, um, let's find out a little more about what projector movement is offering or, and what anything else that you're doing, how people can work with you, what um, what people can find, and would projector movement is it beneficial for people, let's say, 
my I'm I'm a generator, but my husband's a projector or my kid is a projector. Is that is that welcomed as well? Yes. So projector movement, we're offering there's a there's a lot of different offerings at the time. So one of the offerings that would be for anyone, any designer, if you don't know your design, is that we offer really incredible, very detailed chart readings. So we have a couple of chart readers and they're phenomenal. So if you're just interested in wanting to know the, your chart or your partner's chart, or your, which I think this is the best, know your children's chart. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I believe that will be the way of the future, that we will be able to help out our children more by understanding their needs um, and not just putting them in a system because we're not one size fits all and human design really demonstrates that. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in just getting your chart read, you can go to projectormovement.com and you can book a session to just to have your chart read. And then everything else at this time is geared towards projectors. We offer a lot of different trainings that we do either pre-recorded and then Charlie and myself offer live trainings as well, where we're there interacting with you. So those are the live trainings are run throughout the year. And also you can go in and if you're interested in relationships as a projector, we have courses like if you're interested in business. So we have specific categories that are common for projectors to want to understand. And then we have our overarching trainings, which is I just found out I'm a projector. Now what? Now what? <laughs> <laughs> we offer there are two trainings. It's one is the um, basically like a projector guide, just understanding what it means to be a projector, the what. And then the next one we offer is an embodiment deconditioning training, which is how do I be a projector now? Like I understand what it is. And I, you, you mentioned this, which I think is so important that people realize we all want the information, but if all we're doing is gathering information, I, I say we will just be like Pez dispensers. We'll just have it all up here and we won't be able to walk it. And yes. so it's the actual experimenting. I think that's the word you were using. It, it, how do I, I walk this way? How do I be this way instead of just understand it? And mm-hmm. that course that we're offering, um, and we're actually going to be offering a live training at the beginning of the year, um, is where we begin to learn how to actually be it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how you really work with us. If you join one of the live trainings, that's how people can work with me one-on-one or Charlie one-on-one. But that's really the only way we do individual work. If not, we do more of the the group sort of trainings. Wonderful. I have to share, and people have heard this a couple of times if they listen to every episode. Who does? I mean, I don't know. Hopefully you do. I don't want to <laughs> disinvite anyone from listening yeah. to every episode. But when I had some, I had a guest on who's a human design um, expert, enthusiast, and and she's also a hypnotherapist. Her name's Tressa Rivera. Anyone go listen to that episode. She was amazing. She's a manifester. She has a projector child and a generator child. And mm-hmm. she does talk about um, how she works with them, especially like she was telling a story of her generator, little boy who's like three, I think, three or four. Mm-hmm. And when he gets frustrated playing blocks... <laughs> She'll go and say, do you want to keep playing blocks? And he goes, uh-huh. And she goes, okay, keep playing blocks. <laughs> anyway, when Tress and I were talking about this embodying, um, I got this download. I got a vision and it's like, you know how we go. And you even pointed it. You're like, I want to understand or I'm trying to understand. And that we have an organic languaging there that is the key to what what's happening is that we're standing under information, but information is supposed to be in form. It only works if it's 
informed, but if we're understanding, we're literally standing underneath it. And it's just totally. staying up here totally. <laughs> in the mind. I love that. I love that. So, and then also, of course, we know that um, from the neck down is actually our unconscious. It's mm. literally our physical body and things don't happen unless we have the unconscious subconscious mind on board. Yes. So it isn't something that we can rush and it's not like an inoculation that we can just get it. And then there we go. We're all set. Totally. No, that, the, that's what I offer people when they start is that expectation that, you know, for these, if we're an onion and we're just peeling layers back one by one, you want to do that process slowly because mm -hmm. for projectors, I'll say when you're talking to go into the body is to really meet a lot of pain yeah. to meet a lot of, life that happened to projectors that really made us feel that we didn't belong or parents that gave us messages that made us feel like, I know for me, you know, my sensitivity was, was a problem. It wasn't a gift. You know, I was just too sensitive. I was, you know, these, and we've built a lot of protection around these wounds and becoming embodied is going back in and tending, giving that attention to that inner child, if you will, that has made a life believing that they were, that there was something weird about them or they made up their, they, they started to do a behavior. I know me, I was a, and still work with my perfectionism because that was a, a state, a strategy I used to try to get acceptance. Cause it's like, okay, well, I can't be like my sister. So maybe if I just do everything really, really good, then I'll get love. And, and we begin to peel back all of these behaviors that we've developed to try to get the love that we didn't get. And that we want to be really gentle with. And we want to find that safety in the body that as projectors, you know, I was saying from the beginning, we have a lot of injury because we were, yeah. we're trying to, to be a Mack truck when we're a bicycle and, and we're trying to push this bike. And it's like, you're not, you just don't have the same fuel tank. And so mm -hmm. it's worth, it's worth the pacing. It's worth the slowing down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because and community, community is so oh. to be around your type, right? Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, projectors for sure. And I would think reflector would be the same. Well, at least with uh, being around non-energy types is comforting yes. to me. Yes. Um, I do have, a, I know a few reflectors. I have a reflector five, one friend who's also a human design reader. So we're like, Hey, you know, we're, um, so it is comforting and it's, yes. it's, that's the best word I have for it is comforting. I don't want to say validating yeah, it, as much as just normalizing, comforting. Yeah. Yes. It's it's actually one of our pieces of advice we give non-energy types is to, to find non-energy types to be with. There's a validation and a relaxation that you mm -hmm. get in the presence of them versus just, you know, generators. Not that we can't be around and we love them as well, but having that, that non-sacral type, there's a, there's a, similar understanding there's a mm -hmm. understanding and a frequency that's more relaxed even for the system to be mm -hmm. with for longer periods of time well you know and to to echo of course i love generators manifesting generators and sometimes they heal me because i get us i get a shot of their extra totally. generator energy uh, their extra sacral especially manifesting generators because they have so much totally. and, it, and I, i've gone to like i i had a like a coffee with a friend I hadn't seen in a while and I was so tired, but it didn't feel right. You know, even though I don't technically, I, as much inner authority as I have, it felt right to keep the appointment. And I came away feeling healed from my burnout because mm -hmm. he just like, here's all the sacral energy, take some. And I'm like, okay, yummy. 
<laughs> it's so funny this weekend. Um, so Charlie and I went to Lake Arrowhead with my sister. She married a projector and her kids are a reflector and a projector. So she's, oh, no. she's the only motor. But I was like, you know, Charlie and I will crack up because when it's, when there's no motor to get things done, like normal fit, mm -hmm. like we're like, we don't have, none of us have that initiation. And then we get around my sister and we're like, yes, we'll go on a walk. Yes. Let's go to like, I'm like, who are we? We're like totally new. We're a cool couple that can like do things now. And it's like, we wake up on Saturday and we're like, uh, like no one's wanting to go run the errand. No one's wanting to do anything. Clean like, the house. That's no, what I ask my no. projector couple friends. I'm like, who cleans? How do you get the house cleaned? They're like we no, hire someone. Yes. <laughs> no, having that generator boost is awesome. I'm like, mm -hmm. I feel amazing. This is yeah. so good. Yes. But you know, so I just wanted to balance it out because yeah, we really benefit from being around that delicious sacral energy sometimes, but yeah, an overload of it when, you know, it, it's just uh, going to a party. I went to a party like on Halloween, actually a few days around Halloween. And I knew going in, I was like, even if I'm there two hours, it's going, it's going to be, I'm going to soak up that sacral energy. Even if I, you know, don't, if I have an intention to really be as grounded and, and in my own, you know, authority as possible, it's still just going to happen. I can't not do that. Totally. I cannot overdo it. I can bring some awareness to it. And yeah, I, I had a hard, really hard time sleeping that night. I was up. I woke up every hour because I was like, zzz, zzz, totally. like I'd been shot by electricity. <laughs> yes. We speak to that too. We call it like to, if you're a non-sacral type projector, reflector, even manifester, like we, you need to know your functional range in social situations and then have a protocol when you leave to I call it defrag, you know, to like actually allow the sacral energy to leave, whether it's a salt bath or just an intention, putting your hands in the earth, whatever it is, we have to be mindful or else we will, you won't sleep or you, you, it takes, we have to like, we have to factor that into our system that when we ride that generating wave, we then also need to rest afterwards as well, or else mm -hmm. that's where injury comes in or burnout comes in or illness comes in because mm -hmm. we aren't designed to run 24 seven in that level of generating energy, but we can definitely ride the wave for, for time periods. For a certain amount. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to add to that in case any generators are listening, go, wait, I relate to that. I would say open centers that there's, you know what I mean? But the sacral is so, so powerful. That's what's yeah. so beautiful about it. So yeah, if you have an open emotional center, you might relate to that if you're around a lot of emotions yes. and blah, blah, blah. Yes. No, my, like my younger sister, she's got a totally open solar plexus and she's got four other open centers. So her experience in life too also requires more downtime. She's highly sensitive. She just has that sacral energy. So she's able to operate there, but just because even if you're not a projector, you can have elements on your chart that also require you to decompress a lot after being with people or need more alone time. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And to those of you who have more definition than say your partner's friends or kids, um, we're not being lazy. <laughs> we're not being, oh we're not being oh. brats. We're not being self-centered. It's just, no, you know, no totally. I, that's the same reason why I can't dunk. <laughs> no, it's so true. To my past bosses, you know, to the, to my teachers, yes. you know, like yes. the expectation it's, it's, it's actually not lazy at all. And, you know, projectors, I will say this, we have these um, 
what we can get done in four hours can take other people a week. When we have our, our creative spurt of energy can actually, we can get a, a lot done and then we act then need just a lot of rest time. So just the way that we do things in life is very different. And intensity is your yeah, keynote. <laughs> intensity and for, and I, I actually just was writing a post about this for those who are in a relationship with projectors, encourage them to rest yeah. or encourage them. If, you know, give them that choice. Oh, if you can't go out this night, don't worry about it. You know, that's really, so if you're in relationship or in family as a projector, support, support their system in a way that don't guilt them. If they're telling, you no, I can't go to this family dinner or I can't go to this concert or not able to help out with you moving anything like that really try to support that. No, because know that that's one of the hardest things for projectors to do is say no to people because we want, we're designed to want to help, but that's, the healthiest projector is the one that is able to say no and feel supported in that and is encouraged to take pauses and encouraged to rest. That's really a, a beautiful thing. Oh, it is a beautiful thing. Projectors are beautiful. Well, Sarah, this has been just so amazing. I, I, I just appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate the work that the projector movement is doing. And I just am so grateful that you are shining this light and bringing this beautiful intensity of the projector <laughs> message and support to the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. just had the best time. I just feel so at home in the energy of projectors, maybe because I literally have one at home, <laughs> as I discussed. They're doing really beautiful work at Projector Movement. So check out what Sarah and Charlie have there. You know, they have a great Instagram profile. And so that's one way you can start to get a taste of it. And of course, um, find the link in the description for the website to see what offers they have going on. Well, I, I agree with Sarah that I think there is a power, powerful shift that is going to occur as human design becomes more ubiquitous, becomes more of a, a tool for people to actually apply to parenting. And so I do know I have some friends who have young children right now who have gotten into their human design experiment and are considering this as they are raising their children. And I just think it's so beautiful. You know, it's still going to be we're still going to be conditioned. That's just how it is because parents have to guide their children to be able to interact with how things are in society. And children, in addition to just the parents actually having to say, hey, you know, you got to interact with society in this way, even though it's more fun to do this other thing, you know, you got to wear pants. <laughs> in addition to parents offering that guidance that would can turn into conditioning, we're just going to pick it up by our peers, our teachers, and anything else. Our children are going to pick that up. But being able to, as much as possible, give your children the awareness to stay in alignment, because children are in alignment, I think that's going to be so amazing. And that is why our future is even more bright than it ever has been before. Really, really is. 
Okay, that's what I have for you. Now, I do also want to make an invitation for you to check the show notes for not only the projector movement, definitely for the projector movement, but also any offerings I have going on. Do join my mailing list because I'm about to launch another program and I'm also, that is how I will let you know about, well, free things that I I offer like meditations that I drop every now and again and my blog and article posts but also the the many different education and coaching um, opportunities that I have. And I would love to work with you. So join the newsletter. That's the best way to do it. And I had the best time today. I hope you did too. I hope you felt the blessing of being who you authentically, cosmically, miraculously are, because you are all of that. And we really, really need you. So thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. <laughs>